morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is a White Rose Transmission and Jasmine Tea. It's a time for sharing divine feminine wisdom, messages, musings that come through me, Dr. Cheryl Berry. It's how I'm being guided at this time to share acquired wisdom through my human journey, as well as divine wisdom that flows through me from my higher self and my guidance team. It's really a time to come into sacred space as sacred sisters and sacred brothers, to be inspired and to reignite your own divine feminine wisdom, your intuition, which we all have, whether we're male or female. So may this serve you under the law of grace in your highest and best, bringing forth God's love and divine truth for, for your journey. Blessed be. So here we are. <laughs> I just want to welcome my beautiful friend and sacred sister, Mary Ellen Elcock, and um, she's been gracious enough to to join me in a conversation we've had we've had many over the years <laughs> and and part of um this this whole coming together is really to bring the wisdom that we each hold no matter what we're doing in the world whatever our vocation our occupation is um, i believe we all carry wisdom from our from our journey and from past lives and so um Mary Ellen has a very interesting journey as far as, and I hope you will certainly share your progression from where you were in corporate um, or maybe academia is, is what I should say to where you are now. And, um, and that we are being held in sacred space by 12 dogs <laughs> today. <Right. laughs> which I think needs to be shared because we may hear them in the background. So um, if you, do you feel like you want to share a little bit of where you've come from in this to where you are? And um... For sure. And, and should we also mention that the occasion of this conversation is in bulk and we are honoring this time between winter and spring as a time of transformation well absolutely and um i want to if i can preface a little bit because i think i can't remember if you came so i've known i've known you for many years and we don't even know how many years at this time right but i don't know if you came back at the end of august september um so. sometimes so really in that fall time and that that really resonates for me as far as the autumn season of, of the chrome. And then um, I, I believe I mentioned, I asked you, would you be open to having a conversation? And you said, yes. But then when I asked you again, you weren't ready. <laughs> and so what I find it interesting from my perspective, <clears throat> this even this little bit of the journey of moving into a deeper place of, of darkness, really, with the soul, with the winter solstice, and now that you're ready, you're ready in this time of the embolk, when the when really the light 
is being is we're starting to see it. In fact, last night um, with my last client, I was like, "There's there's more light. light. It's five thirty, and it's still yeah. a bit of light." So I, I hope um, my analogy is making sense. I feel like your readiness is in this place of uh, of with the unbook and where the light is coming more online and being shown. And so um, I think it gives place to greater inspiration for where we've been and where we're yes. going. And um, yeah. Well, and really, you know, speaking of my journey and you know, various transformations throughout life that we all go through, you and your gifts have been a, a a huge part of that and I know we can't remember exactly when we met but I found you mainly as a chiropractor at first I, I was having trouble with my back well and I didn't know and if I, someone oh, referred you or if you just I oh. know I don't I, I I don't think so I think I found you at that time I believe I was living in Kent I okay. because I started Creekside Critter Care this dog business over in Kent and uh, just by way of introduction, I did come from an academic background and you know, I have a, a PhD in epidemiology, but I always really, really had a deep interest in the, in the spiritual side of life that um, mainstream life wasn't giving me, my academic life wasn't really giving me. And so I had started the, this dog pet care business with my younger sister, Anne, and met you. Now, when, when I started this, I was about uh, 45. So I was really at the beginning of grown phase in human life. So that was kind of the beginning of the crone journey for me. And both of my parents had just passed away. And it became very obvious to me that you do what you want and love to do when you can. <laughs> because your death is a part of life. And, you know, it does not go on forever, which sounds very trite, but I think sometimes in our minds, we figure we have forever to do anything. But, but it was all a struggle. And then I met you, and you have the ability, just as you did in the fall, to point to myth and story and spirits that really assists individuals to understand the journey that each one of us is on, but it is universal at the same time, if that makes sense. Well, it's funny as you, as you speak that, it makes me think, because I think we talked about even, um, not just necessarily myths and stories, but well, it is a myth, but it's a movie. We talked about the Snow, Snow White, Snow White and the Huntsman, yeah. do you remember? us having that yes. conversation and um because there's several things about not just the the fact that you have this you have an amazing connection to to animals and nature and i remember um you posted a photo of i think it was a robin yes and mm -hmm. um, i i just all of that just makes me feel that connection to 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 nature, to our spiritual. Um, in, I'm here intelligence, you know, but how how 
we, when we connect, things come to us. Things come to us, whether it's people or whether really even in the natural world, <laughs> things are drawn to us. And um, I, I feel you have that, that magic, <laughs> you know, that magic in you. And um, I, I guess I'm curious, what, what made you decide it was you were going to work with dogs? Did, was there something that, was there always there? Um, um, you know, in, in, in my human form as a child, I, um, I grew up with dogs and I, I just connected with them more, more so, I suppose, than human beings. And I, I don't know, it just, that just never, ever went away. It was hard for me going through um, college and graduate school and having a life that really didn't um, open itself to, to dogs and that, that was the, the one thing I, I, I always wanted and as as life evolved you know I, I was getting the messages from the culture you know go out and get this kind of job do this sort of thing be successful in a monetary way or a powerful way or something like that and uh, all I really wanted was to be outside. I, I knew that. And so that was a, a very common thing. And then, I mean, it took me until I was 45 to put it all together and say, here's how I can do dogs and be outside in nature. And, and really the beginning of this business was about bringing dogs on, on hikes every day. It, th things have changed in the 20 years since we started the business because a lot of the trails we use are, you know, overrun with people. But it was my way of being with dogs who are just one step closer to the wildness of life and, and be in the woods. Well, and what I love is you did this when it was not popular. This was this That's was true. like brand new because, um, well, I love one <laughs> one. As far as like my Instagram, I like to check out the cat videos. I have cat accounts and dog accounts. Right. And there's, I just have to mention this if you haven't seen it. I think it's called Mew Mutts. Um, anyway, they put the dogs on mountain, mountain mutts or something, Mew Mountain Mutts. And it made, first time I saw it, it was like, oh my gosh. But it was like, not like you need to see it. It's like, you've been doing this for 20 years. So they pick the dogs up in the van, you know. And they, right. which you do, you pick your dogs up and they, I've never seen exactly what all you do, but they have their leash and all that. And they, they're sitting in the bus and they get snacks and these dogs. I are saw that. Well behaved. <laughs> I will but, save it. <laughs> but the thing is really, you, you're, you're a pioneer. Um, I don't know if that's a proper word, but I, I mean, you were doing this when it wasn't a thing. When other people weren't sure. doing it. You know. That is true. I had to, I said, I, you know, I'm a true believer in, in networking and finding people that are doing something similar. And at that time, there was no one local, but I was calling around. So there was a guy, I think he was in Montana or something, that had a school bus and he was gracious and we had a big, long conversation. And, you know, I got a few pointers, but you're right, there, there weren't 
that many people doing this. That's really why I started it because I had a Vishla who was insane and um, it was a rescue to me. And I thought I need a daycare and uh, th there was nothing there. And I just refused. The previous owner wanted to put him down and he was, he was really had a screw loose, but we, you know, we did a lot, a lot of work with him and he needed daycare. He, he needed the company of other dogs and running every day. And he, you know, he ironed himself out, but it was, it was very clear to me. I, I'm going to start the daycare that I need. That, that's how that happened. So. Well, you know, I, I, um, I hope you have honored yourself for the, the courage, really the courage to step out into following what, what your heart desired, what your soul desired, what you needed to live the life that would really fuel you, um, which I think can be challenging for people, you know? Yes, um, yes. Uh, I'm just gonna leave it at that because, so how, do you wanna speak about that a little bit in terms of tapping into, um, that place of, you know, I, I think we get to a place where we, we know we can't keep going how we're going. And right. that might be before we actually hit a crone season or it may be in the crone season. Um, and it's like, there's no other way. There's no, maybe we don't know what we're to do, but we know we, it's time, it's time. And to do it, even if you don't know what. It's, it's interesting because I, um, I finished my PhD late in life. I was, in, I don't know, 42, something like that. And I remember, honestly, one of the most intimidating things that I've been through in my life, which is going to sound crazy, but um, was defend my thesis because I was up against five men who were asking me questions. And that, for me, was just like, I, I even feel a little nauseous thinking about it right now. And one of the questions, very typical question for uh, a, a dissertation um, defense, well, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? And I said, you know, I don't really know. I know that I want to live a life that I love. And I really believe that this education is a piece of that puzzle, but I, I, I don't know where it will take me. And, you know, I was an older student and I think they were just throwing up their hands like, all right, well, she's never going to be an academic, but, they, you know, they let me, they gave me a pass, let me go. But in all honesty, I think the academic background, when my sister and I started the business, even though we didn't have firm um, dog experience. Although we trained dogs when we were young and we've always had animals in our lives, but a lot of people do that. We did have a, an academic background, which, and people could see that, okay, we do things, we stick to it, we, we work towards a goal kind of thing. So in that sense, it did help me. And then when people realized that I, that I left an academic realm, to take care of dogs. A lot of them were really thought it was very funny and odd, but they were happy because we were taking good care of their dogs. But you're right, it became, it wasn't even really about courage. It was about um, 
yeah, you have to do it. There's no choice. That that's how it feels when when you finally make that that big step. And of course, along the way, but then the little mind demons come in and talk to you for a while, or always. But you learn how to ignore them. Well, I I think it's I feel it's a beautiful thing to say. You know what? Um, this isn't what I want to do. You know, it was it was a path of, um, I. I know the, my educations um, have, you know, taught me a lot, <laughs> not just book smart, but, you know, but a lot about myself, about life. There's more to it. The journey is bigger than that. Yeah. Um, and, but also to get to that point of versus feeling I've invested so much time and energy mm-hmm. in my life in this, I can't do something else you know i i just think it's a beautiful thing to say i just i have discovered what i've discovered and i've also discovered you know in terms of the, the getting my phd but i've also discovered it's time to move into something else right and you know um i've never felt quite right in the the mainstream you know just a little off and it, it's now in my chrome years where I feel like things are blossoming. My brother Joe always says something like, you know, it's, it's okay if you're a late bloomer, just don't be late for the flower show or something like that, you know? <laughs> but um, uh, when I was, it's <laughs> really funny, when I was young, um, I remember saying to my father, he was reading the paper, uh, I said, Dad, I I don't think I want to go to college because I, I wanted to be a professional dog handler. Uh, so this was a, a professional dog handler. Oh, and, you did. You know, show, show, so, but way back then, I kind of, I had an inkling of what I wanted to do. And he just looked at me and said, no. And he, like, there was no discussion, you know, this was, my, my parents were of an older generation. They could have been my grandparents. And it was like, whoa, okay. So I did go to college and then I proceeded to go on to graduate school because I found that I kind of liked being in school because I didn't have to get real jobs. And um, so I'm, I'm happy for that background because it allowed me to kind of percolate as a, as a human being and then pop out much later in life, like in my 40s and now in my mid 60s still, you know, still figuring out what I'm doing, but at a, a totally different, you know, very well ensconced in the Chrome phase of my life, you know? So well, this, this is, as, as our conversations usually are, there's a lot of things that are starting to ping, ping, ping as we're talking. And I, um, I just feel this, um, you know, to get a PhD, you know, to go to get a doctorate degree of any of any sort, you really have journeyed into academia, you know, into the whole, what, however you want, wish to refer to that, um, the mental, let's say the mental realm. Right. And yet, um, you know, I feel the the whole aspect of working with the dogs is uh, it's not just physical there's a much more 
it's everything for you. I think it, it is, it feeds you body, heart, and soul spiritually. I mean, I think that, so it's almost like, well, I went this Avenue and now it's time for me to go into this. It's almost like, I feel like you've stretched, you've stretched yourself in terms of exploration. And um, I think that's a beautiful thing. And to be able to come and go, it was there all along. It's, there's another myth. <laughs> I know they're on our feet the whole time. And the, the other thing that is really clear to me is that we can have anything we want. That's true. Sometimes the things we want may not be, you know, for, for our highest good and were unknowingly to us, but anything is possible in anything. I, and, I, I really believe that. Well, and look what you've just accomplished that we haven't talked about. Oh, yeah. oh, my, my oh. Uh, <laughs> The fact that you're an athlete, you're not just an athlete, you're a triathlete. Well, and you have the well, heart well, of an well, ultra athlete. <laughs> Well, I, that's hilarious. No, the, the funny thing is I really, the other thing I always wanted to be was an athlete and I, I never have been. But at this stage of my life, doing even tiny things becomes like, oh, I can consider myself an athlete. And it, it, it really is a, a part of my own transformation at this at this stage in, in, in Chromedom, you know, you start to lose people and things. And I was really down a rabbit hole with escaping through alcohol, very, very unhappy emotionally and physically. And so last year during Imbolc, actually, I stopped drinking and I started paying attention to my diet and I started exercising and doing strength training and things like that. And it has transformed another transformation, which is just, it is uh, strength training in, in every way. I, I just feel like a different person. Um, well, and you had to heal an injury at the same time. Your shoulder, wasn't your shoulder? I don't remember. That's, that. that's but, true, that's true. But now know. all that starts to happen you know I you know I lost my balance fell down on my shoulder and I thought I am getting old and I, I started to believe that stuff that you know our culture would have us believe that you get old you should slow down watch it you know all these aches and pains are uh, well they probably are not avoidable but they're not something that you have to sit down and take they're not indications that you should stop moving, you know, which is what we tend to do. I did anyway, and it made it worse. So, um, yeah, it's a whole new game. It's um, at, at this stage in life. And so now I, I'm very grateful for things like YouTube um, because I can find those uh, elder uh, mentors that are really going for it. Um, physically and especially physically I, I love those athletes that keep going you know 
Well, you know, it's too bad you, you're you. It's winter in your jacket because when you came in, I was like, you've been working out. I could I could see <laughs> definition in your deltoids, you know, because it was it was summer, and it was like you really had a huge transformation. And I, I mean that just just honoring the fact that it takes it takes commitment, it takes putting in the time and energy and and you know, you're, you're not giving up, you're, you're committing, you're committing to yourself. And right. And, you know, in the past, I, I just, I, I would mess around with things like, oh, I'll, I'll go do a 5k, but not trainer. I, you know, years ago, I, I did the Lake Meridian triathlon locally. So just to break group of people, but I, I didn't um, train for it really. And this year I decided I'm, I'm going to train. I'm going to start training step by step this is a journey not just i can i'm going to go out and prove that i can do the triathlon without passing out or vomiting or something you know what i mean so i but just really cultivates my myself from where i am now be the best that i can be in this moment and i've never really done that before which is um that that's embarrassing to admit you know, I was would kind of flail around, but it's it's just one tiny step at a time, and then the real beauty and joy of it becomes the journey. That's the part I was missing uh, until the, this phase in my life. But it's the journey. It's it's the journey, and it's more than you know winning that because you did win. You, you won your age group, right? Didn't you, you win it? Didn't you win a medal? But, but Cheryl, I was the only one in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did win it. But you did complete, complete it. I completed it. Right. I completed oh, look at the it. fact that nobody else was there. Nobody else was in your age group. I mean, goodness. Well, it's true. But let, let's be clear. The, this is a mini triathlon. But one of my friends, Lori, said, hey, you showed up. You won. <laughs> You know what? If you don't show up, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> so you have to show up. You have to show up every day. You know. Another lesson. Yes. And um, uh, you you said too the other day. Um, and I don't know if you were going actually to were you going to just work out at the gym or were you going to go to a class? But you had this question of, um, "Am I being selfish?" Right. You know, but we have to, we have to take care of ourselves. No well, one can do that for you. When we think about being selfish, it's because um, it's a symptom of feeling separate from other people, from, you know, kind of not accepting the oneness of everything because you take care of yourself. You're taking care of the whole. And that's becoming very clear to me too, which also, you know, is the Crohn's journey as she makes her, her journey towards the acceptance of death, at least in the myths, right? Mm -hmm. As she does that, she is bringing that peace to her kingdom. You know, they don't know what she's doing, but here she is. She goes to the underworld, comes back, with the acceptance of death, realizing that it is actually 
a part of life. It is not separate. It is not the end. It's the cycle. And in doing that, she gives that gift to all around her, even if they don't understand it entirely. The energy pervades, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I, I believe our um, we emanate we emanate what we know, what we are, what we've the music. I think we talked about that. The music we've now um, are holding that frequency, um, yeah. and I believe it it's like you know your I don't know if it's a quote some a formal quote but you know your presence Rumi Rumi may have said you know your presence actually precedes our energy precedes us it actually is emanating and um and what a beautiful um what's the gift that she brings then to the kingdom because she's not going to be there forever. Yes. And so I think that also is that we become more sovereign amongst our, within our own being. We, we aren't just looking to someone else to lead us. We become our own, our own, yeah. leader, our own. In the, the that, am I making yeah. sense? Yes. And it's, it's not even an understanding. It's an inner knowing that, an, an inner feeling of the total connection that that everyone you know ram das has this uh saying uh we're all walking each other home mm-hmm. and that you know really isn't that also a statement about the acceptance of death and the then this crone phase that is kind of symbolized by winter into spring we repeat through our lives. We don't have to be, you know, 65 years old like I am. I mean, I, I started at 45 and I probably had prone journeys when I was younger. But in the end, every human being is up against, um, I would say, fear of mortality. I mean, there, there are some enlightened beings that, you know, really have it going on and get it. But most of us don't. And there, there's this inner fear and there, there becomes you know a big rub for us. This uh, inner grinding of youth. Well, I think it. But becomes- the crone, the crone energy brings us through. She she finally accepts the fact that she doesn't have to retire to her hut in the woods. She could go to the underworld, face death realize that it is not an enemy and that what so everything goes away you know all of the angst goes away here it is that this is just a piece of the journey and then, then the ram Dass thing always makes me feel better we are all walking each other home we're all just going home right and we yeah. get to share what we've learned. We get to share whether we're leading by example in, in our way in the world. We don't have to necessarily be formally teaching. I think we we share it by just showing up and how we're just by being. You know, we, mm-hmm. we are we are living um, our true. Uh, you know, what is the meaning of life? It, 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 there isn't. 
it's it's really a, just being and by being so you know you are then guided you, you do anything and and you are you are in your life's purpose right and i know when that when i was younger i, I thought there was a, a purpose that i would eventually uncover and that, that never happened but i feel absolutely and completely content because the the more stillness I cultivate within, the, the more I understand that there is, <laughs> there is no separation between me and everything around me. And this ego mind will continue to function, but it's just, it's a form. It's, it's not real, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it gets me through. Um, it's a survival thing, but it's, it's not who we are no it's not i guess we're getting off (laughs) no it there's there's we go where we need to go (laughs) remember we we set the intention that we it would be woven that the the divine would weave this for us um because i've struggled with you know this what what am i actually to do in the world you know and the one of the the answers in my prayer that I received was, well, it doesn't matter what you do, as long as it's around love. And really in the big picture of it all, I think it's being the most authentic, really yes. connect, connecting within us and, and God source, how a creator is also within us, you know, being in that place of really in, in authenticity of, of yeah. being in integrity, integrity with our own body, heart, and soul every day. You know, how, I don't know. I think that's a pretty amazing mission to, or purpose to have, to show up every day, to be able to do that, no matter what I decide I'm, I'm going to do in the world. Whatever it is, exactly. And, you know, who are we with our minds to like, judge the form or the mind or, or our actions, because here the infinite has, is, is, is playing with form and we are a part of it. And we're supposed to be exactly who we are in the way we are. And yes, we get inspiration from those around us, but um, really emulating other people's journey, it, it's not going to bring you happiness. It's, this is so unique. The thing, the vehicle we're in, body, you know, body, mind. It's. Uh, I mean, when I was younger, I was extremely um, self-critical. And, you know, it was a very uncomfortable way to live. But, you know, meeting you all those years ago, helped me cultivate the wisdom that this is an infinite being in, in this finite form, right? Well, I think I just helped validate what you already knew. I think you- You're, you're a midwife. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. Um, because some of what you know your experiences the things you things you've read things you've experienced your journeys to france i mean there's 
there's so much that I, you, I don't know where you went, but the whales, what are the whales or the dolphins you were, you were with? I whales, mean, you know, yes. everything, and this is true, I believe with everyone that everything we encounter and experience brings us greater opportunity to grow and evolve and, and carry wisdom. Um, and when we can really connect to the fact that this vehicle, this is a vehicle to carry our soul, our I am presence, however you wish to, to experience life. I mean, we, this is like, we are truly miracles to be here. Yes. And, and how honoring it is to, to be in this form to experience, to, to, you know, to, to play with the dogs, to, to smell the grass, to, to, um, you know, to smell the flowers, (laughs) to, to plant the flowers, to touch the flowers. You know, there's so much that I feel that we, we take for granted. And I think that's part of what happens in the crone when she gets to that, the leaves start falling. And she starts, whether it's, she starts to see it with even her parents, you know, or older, older generation or her friends, or even her own body starts changing in that it's like, oh my gosh, I think we, we come to a greater place of really honoring just the pure essence of life. Yes. Yes. And you know, the, I don't know if this happens to you when you, you hear a teaching from someone. Uh, one of my favorite teachers is Eckhart Tolle. And I don't know that I heard this from him, but the concept that we are not born, we, we do not die. And the first time I heard that, I thought, oh my God, that is so important, but I don't, I, I cannot come close to understanding that. And it's taken years and years and years of just kind of living with the concept and finally having the understanding that who we are is not born and does not die. That, that essence you're talking about. And that is the piece that we can completely miss in, in this particular journey. That if you believe we just have, we have one or two or many or whatever. But once you you realize that the essence is entirely different from an aging body, a planet that's, you know, having trouble. Um, I don't know. It's uh, pure joy. It, there's no problem. So, so this is, this is what comes up for me. Um, so I started seeing this um, generationally, you know, in terms of, I'll just call the seasons, the seasons of life, you know, um, to me, it was a little bit more than like the, the triple, the triple goddess for the maiden and mother crone. It was like, there was my mother, there's my sister, there's me and my daughter. You know, there was, I felt like there was the, the maiden, my, my daughter, I was the mother, but I was actually moving into this, you know, I was kind of bumping up against this crone when I started seeing it see it and then seeing my sister in that crone phase and my mom was definitely in this place of winter and I wasn't quite sure 
how to phrase it, but I really see that as the queen diving into the place of like, she was just, and she was happy and she was joyful. It was like, she was almost a kid, you know? I don't know that she ever really lost it. Um, she always just had this place of wonder, but I think it's that place of never, if we can really hold on to joy, because I think, think that place of discovery is so, it's a primal as children, children, we were just, you know, everything is new and we're just in this true place of discovery. And if we can get back, if we ever don't ever lose it, ideally, if we can just really be in a place of joy for, for everything. I haven't thought about this in a while, but uh, Joseph Campbell, I used to, you know, back in the day, I would listen to cassette tapes in my car. And I would listen to Joseph Campbell tapes over and over and over. But basically, a mythologist, he just takes world myths and explains them to people like me so we can, you know, mildly understand them. But one saying he had, and this was one of those pearls of wisdom that I couldn't get for the longest time, he would say, life, it's about joyful participation in the sorrows of life. And the first time I heard that, I thought, I cannot do that. <laughs> but once you do you're in a different place and it, it, we were talking about this early, earlier this week that the infinite god whatever it is you would like to call it includes everything and only our minds will discern good bad happy, unhappy, you know, joy, sorrow, joyful participation in the sorrows of life. It's just really, but in Joseph Campbell, you know, the, the hero's journey that he explains all of these arts like the crone art. And then we should do another conversation because the, uh, the crone arcs into the mage, M-A-G-E, magician, magic. So the crone just doesn't accept death and die. He or she goes into the mage. Beautiful, isn't it? Well, and is that analogous to the magi? The I don't know. That's how the or just the, yeah, it, it magic. Is. I think I think at that point everything becomes the potentiality of magic or yeah and and what is what is really magic except that we i think i think we're in a place of really being with the divine with the infinite and how things will unfold more beautifully that's the phrase i use more beautifully than we can imagine like we can't even and it just happens because we're in that place to receive it and to participate I think comes back to a place of participation of and maybe even being unattached at the same time. Yes. Unattached and and completely um, the understanding that we are completely one with everything. The, do, do you know Ram Das, the Harvard professor that met Timothy Leary and was uh, experimenting with LSD then went to India? He started out as Richard Alpert and then um, turned into Ram Dass. 
I, I and, recognize the name, but I don't know enough to. And you know, thanks to YouTube, I think I've listened to all, all of his talks now. But um, he, he, his wisdom—I don't know—he would come up with these hilarious things, like everyone you see is God in drag. And again, the first time I heard that, I thought, "What did he just say?" I don't really get that. But I, I mean, everyone you come up against is the face of God. Or, or the infinite, you know, whatever vocabulary you choose. Mm -hmm. And there are times when I think maybe I'll be nervous about meeting someone or doing something. And I'll think, oh, I, I get to go visit God, you know, a, a new face of God. And it becomes more of a delight and a, and a curiosity. And I may or may not like that face that I see, but it's interesting. Well, I think that gives that place to just being more being curious. Yes. having having staying in a place of curiosity and not defining anything yet or yeah. you know seeing being curious and, and maybe even in that place of going hmm maybe this doesn't align with me it doesn't resonate with me it doesn't have That's to right. be good or bad it's just it's just not where i'm at that song doesn't you know, and energetically, but yes, exactly. But, energy takes itself. And I think it's okay to be in that place of um, everything is part of the infinite. Um, but, you know, I may not be in that resonance. And yes. Yet I may be, yet, can I be curious enough to just check it out? Mm hmm. Exactly. I'm just, I don't know how long we've been talking, but have you noticed the dogs haven't said a word? Well, I didn't know. If they, they, it sounded like one was there. <laughs> I don't know how. Are they all there? <laughs> Not all. Most of them are here now, they're, but they're holding sacred space for this conversation, being very good dogs. <laughs> well, and there's 12 of them. I think that's very appropriate. <laughs> they had a very good dinner, though. Homemade dinner. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm, I don't even, I was trying to see, I think we've, I think we've talked for, I'm not sure where we started. We may have talked for about an hour now, but um, is there anything you feel that is still burning inside of you? Like the in bulk in this something to really offer as inspiration or hope or just for your own passion of um, for either others or for yourself or, you know, the, the crone, Matt, the Matt, Matt, how do you, how did you say it? I'm not saying it right. I want the mage. Madge. I, I actually Madge. looked up the pronunciation on Google, Madge. Okay. It's spelled. I still need to read that article you sent fully. I, know. I got the essence of it, but. Um, well, I, you know, as you, I'm move, just, as you are moving into this, I think your, your life does emanate the magic and of you know, even though you might be in this, uh, how do I, I want to bring, I want to bring the labyrinth in. <laughs> you may have to mention oh, your labyrinth, but uh, I was thinking about this earlier. Is, is every, do we sometimes just, we go into the journey is we go into the labyrinth, we come to that center and then we come out and then we have another labyrinth that we walk into we journey into is, is life just yeah. a number of labyrinths that we end up ex, you know ex, with through our yeah, experience so, 
over and, and over and over again. And that's um, why the labyrinth is used as a um, meditation tool, largely, even in medieval times it was. But it's a, a many different um, patterns available, but it's basically a winding pattern, a spiral basically. Uh, but, you know, it will come close to the center and then work all the way out. And as you're walking it, your mind, you know, you can feel yourself getting close to the center, but, oh, you loop out, you loop out. And then magically, it seems you look down and you're in the center. Like, oh. And then you walk your way out um, so that, you know, you complete this full cycle. And, you know, there are some neuroscience explanations for what walking the labyrinth and, and doing those turns, twists and turns can, can do for kind of a, a meditative state. But it's, uh, it's just used over and over again, bring either a completely open mind or bring a problem to the labyrinth and just watch, watch your, yourself walk step by step, step by step. The answer is always there. <laughs> so, but there's something even beyond it. There has to be something beyond it because you have a labyrinth on your property and your dogs, your dogs hang out there. <laughs> they do. They love it. So they love it. it well, and let's say this is a whole different conversation, but you know, the labyrinth is based on sacred geometry and that I don't know very much about, but believe in it completely. And so there is an energy around these forms. And, you know, in, even in medieval times, they would put these labyrinths in the floors of cathedrals and pilgrims would come, you know, from hundreds and hundreds of miles to the big cathedrals to so they would do a pilgrimage to get there and now the labyrinth itself represents a form of that pilgrimage in our know, current daily life so it's powerful it's very powerful and i just feel like um almost like just we don't have to necessarily formally walk one. I think life brings it to us. It does. We are actually always walking it. You're right. And even, you know, as we're labeling the arc of the throne and times in life and, you know, and the seasons that they just happen, the seasons of our life happen. We are living metaphors. We are living myths. And the only thing we miss out on now is any instruction. Um, we don't normally hear about world myths that might inform us along our journey, whether we're the maiden or, or the crone, or you know, the, the mother wife or the crone. And I'm finding great solace in revisiting these things, like Joseph Campbell's work, the, um, you know, the hero's journey and the hero um, with a thousand faces. Carolyn Mace has, uh, mm -hmm. I haven't read her in mm -hmm. a while, but yeah, I think you have. And then um, Nicola Estes, the woman who run with the wolves. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, she's the bomb. So you start re reading those things and realizing, oh, 
I am actually living this journey. This is spectacular. This isn't just a bunch of crap that's being thrown around at me. This is a journey. And we're each, you know, we're each it, it living our own. Magic. Pardon me? Yeah. It becomes magic. It, you know, just mentally it transforms from the drudgery of the day to, woo, here we are. <laughs> yes. So yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and here you are, 20, 20, I'm just amazed that you've been doing this for 20, 20 years. But obviously it's evolved. That alone has been its own journey and evolution and um, and a beautiful thing. I, I'm just I'm just I just love what you do. I think it's I think it's a, I really do. I really think it's it I think I think it simplifies. I'm, I'm sure there's lots there's a lot you have to do <laughs> during the day. You know, there's a lot of logistic things to do. Um, and um, I'm not saying it's easy, but yeah, I think there within it is, I, I mean, if I'm wrong, I, in, in it, I think there's still a simplicity because you're yes. doing what you love, what your heart has, has wanted to do really since you were a little girl. Be with it the dog. It is true. And when I worked in more traditional jobs, I worked a lot of, uh, public health department type jobs over the years and you know almost invariably once a week I would wake up and think I cannot go to work I want to call in sick you know it's a struggle just to you know to not I mean I love public health and I love doing the work but since I started doing this 20 years ago I mean if I'm I've been you know a couple of times during that time but not very often I never wake up and think I don't want to get out of bed I, I think, oh my gosh, you know, the, the dogs need to be fed. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or I gotta go pick up dogs today. Yes, <laughs> I know. I don't pick up, that's one um, shift. I don't pick dogs up anymore, but that was the thing. It's like I wake up in the morning and think, those guys over in Kent are waiting for me. They're in their crates. Let's go get them. You know, there's a that sense of true love for what you do. Like, yeah. We're going to haul them out here and they're going to run around for the day and see friends. And it's, um, they're going to have a good time. Because I I remember, I don't, I don't know who it was. I'm not, I wouldn't even say who it was if I knew, but I remember a client, another client going, Oh, yeah, my dog can't wait to go to, (laughs) to go to doggy daycare. I don't know. That's probably not the best way you you say it, but they couldn't wait to, to go there. And, um, what joy, what joy you bring to them. Dogs really do us a big favor by living by themselves in our homes and trying to understand what we're saying to them. <laughs> they come way closer, you know, to try to communicate with us than we, you know, than most of us do trying to understand dog communication. They, they really try hard. And they're isolated. They don't have uh, their dog packs anymore. It's hard. Hard to be a dog. So I are, think. are you are you a canine whisperer? I don't. I, I don't consider myself that. No. I mean, you spend enough time with dogs, and you, you know, you get a sense. But no, I don't think I have any special powers. 
Well, I'm I'm sure you are able to communicate with them more than the average well, does. It's uh, it's fun. I will say that you do kind of get to know what they're saying. <laughs> and how did you happen to get twelve tonight? I mean, what's your usual? Well, twelve includes four of my own. And actually a lot of these, well, the people are traveling, um, a couple of um, family emergencies, kind of last minute things. Um, okay. People one person work for the weekend, things like that. Okay, because I remember it was like, I don't know, you had maybe one one thing on your schedule. <laughs> Next thing I know, you've got 12 dogs. It's, it was like, it's true, I know, it, it's all been last minute. It's the same, yeah, uh, yeah. So, we, but we made the talk happen anyway and they, They've actually been the best. They've done amazing. They're enjoying the energy of this conversation. Well, I'm grateful for their presence. I feel like there was something special for them to be to be here and for us to be able to come here. Mm -hmm. And you know, I just pray that um, whoever needs to hear this, it will serve their highest and best. And hopefully it'll also inspire them if whether they're in their crone journey or whenever they step in and out of it, it's, you step in and out of it. Um, yes. They'll realize that everything's perfect <laughs> to, to trust the process. And then yes. be be something beautiful, something beautiful is there waiting something you know, uh, the eternal light that we talked about. I think that's part of what this, um, this time, this um, in bulk time represents that it comes again, the light comes again. We're not, yes. we're not stuck in the darkness. We're in a place of, and there's, there is rebirth in, in many forms. That's beautiful. That's yeah. right. So, so thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you from my heart to yours for taking your precious time and energy to join me today in the sacred space to receive the soul wisdom of the white rose and to drink from the jasmine tea the tea of life in our human experience blending and weaving both for our growth for evolution not only for our own soul, but to also support and activate those around us and to uplift humanity. So if this has served you and you wish to receive more, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, as well as on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Way of the Feminine Force, where there are more meditations as well as messages and musings that you can listen to and support your journey. Have a beautiful day. Blessed be.